Welcome to the Payfac Embedded Payments Podcast, brought to you by Payrix. As payments and software experts that eat, sleep, and breathe embedded payments, we're as passionate about you as you are about your customers. Each podcast episode will provide insights about embedded payments designed to help you fuel the transformation and growth of your software business. You'll learn from industry experts, Payrix customers, and leaders on the Payrix team about the latest trends, best practices, and real-world guidance from payments experts to help you take your software platform higher. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the PayFAC Embedded Payments Podcast, brought to you by Payrix. I'm your host, Bob Butler, and today I'm going to be talking with Sam Callen. He's the Vice President of Merchant Strategy and platform go-to-market at FIS. And we're going to be speaking all about software-led payments. So hi, Sam. Welcome to the show. Yeah, nice to be here. Excited to have a chance to chat with you. Awesome. You know, the term software-led payments is becoming more and more common today. Can you tell us a little bit about what does that actually mean? Yeah, of course. It's a great question. I think that As with most things, you know, if you went out and asked five people in the industry for a definition of it, you'd probably get five different answers. But at the end of the day, I would say the way that I define software-led payments is really it's any form of payments that are consumed or sold from an actual software provider. So think back in the old days where, you know, your friendly local ISO would be strolling through town and and selling a standalone terminal – that would be a non-software-led approach. There's no software that's being led to that sale. So when we're talking about software-led, it's more about a small business that is, say, using a piece of software, like if it's a funeral home, maybe a funeral home management system, if it's a salon, a salon management system, some piece of software to run their business. And so it's about using those software providers to be the ones who sell payments themselves to the SMBs. And so even software-led payments itself has many different flavors, and there's been a lot of evolution there over the last decade, where it used to be more about just a software company throwing a referral over the fence to a payments provider. But now, however, it's a much more elegant and seamless experience. So a nuanced definition, and it's certainly been quite an evolution for sure. Well, can you talk to us a little bit about the different types of software-led payments? Yeah, of course. So I think there's really uh, several different forms and flavors that are out there. And and I'll kind of take you from one end of the spectrum to the other, and then we'll cover in between. So I think really the variation between the forms and flavors just comes down to how sophisticated the software company is, where they're at in in kind of their evolution as a company, and how much of the process do they really want to run themselves and and what their risk appetite happens to be. So at one end of the spectrum, let's call this the low-touch end for a software company, you have what we call ISV referral. And in this model, just like the name suggests, it's a referral. So the software company may not be prepared to be a payments company or really embed their payments into their product or take on the regulatory or compliance burdens that are associated with being a payments company. But they have a valuable list of SMBs who use their product. And so in that case, they can go ahead and take those leads as referrals, throw them over the fence to a payments company. And if the payments company can capitalize on that referral and make a sale, then they'll share some of those economics back with the software company. So it's an opportunity for some of these software companies to monetize payments when they're not necessarily payments companies themselves. Now, on the other end of the spectrum is really a full wholesale payback. This is going to be the most sophisticated payments option for software companies. And these are ones who have fully embedded a payments product, often leveraging 
that own product to differentiate their software itself with a seamless embedded customer experience. In this case, the software company is taking on all of the compliance and regulatory costs and risks. But for a large client who's doing, say, $10 billion a year in volume through their platform, they're probably pretty comfortable with that risk. And in the end, it can be a product differentiator, but it does provide improved economics for the software company since they do handle more elements of the value chain. And so if you're a software company that's getting ready to do an IPO or you're super late stage startup, that can make a ton of sense. Now, for most of the companies that are out there, they're going to fall into the middle. And that's where you've got this, this opportunity. Of, you can call it managed payfac or payfac light, whatever you want to call it. Essentially, they're describing the same thing. And that's really the graduation path from a referral model to a full-scale payfac model. And this is where the software company is really being powered behind the scenes by a payments company, but is able to have the full look and feel of a payment facilitator. So they can have a full white-labeled experience with their customers, their own custom branding around their payments product. The software company takes on full service and support of the merchants for that payments product, but without the millions of dollars and years of effort and headache that are needed to ensure compliance to be set up as a full registered payfat. So it's a great graduation path that allows a lot of these software companies to continue along this journey from just being on the referral model to being a full payment facilitator. And you know, the way that I think about it, you know, to use an analogy, it's almost like you're trying to climb a mountain. And the journey to becoming a payfac is like scaling that vertical rock face. What the managed payfac or payfac light model gives you is a nice gentle trail that, that kind of goes up the side and leads you to the top of that mountain versus conquering it straight on. Sam, you were really involved in the due diligence as it related to FIS's acquisition of Payrix. So can you talk to us a little bit about what made that exciting for FIS? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one that was top of the list for us in terms of you know, asset classes and companies that, that we really saw as, as a lot of opportunity in the market. And I think to understand that, you have to know a little bit about WorldPay's history. So at WorldPay, we were in at the ground floor of software-led payments. We acquired Mercury Payment Systems back in 2014. And this was the company that really founded that ISV referral model. And so we've really been there on the ground floor to see that, you know, one of the unique things that's came up over the years is that as these software companies try to make the transition from one model to the next, there are a ton of pain points associated with going from one model to the next. So taking on service and support for your merchants on their payments offering is really hard work. It's especially hard when you're trying to just work on your software company, not even trying to think necessarily about the payments product, and let alone when you have a large customer base and, and you've never done it before. And so I don't think that there's a ton of payments companies out there in the market that operate as thought leaders and partners who are working to help their clients on that journey, which can make it hard for a software company as they grow. And for WorldPay, that's what made Payrook so appealing. And, and that's ultimately why we bought them late last year. At WorldPay, we had this industry-leading payment facilitator solution trusted by the largest companies in the industry. And that infrastructure has been you know, industry-leading for quite some time. We invented the term PayFAC, quite literally. And so we also had this industry-leading ISV referral infrastructure based on you know, the company that actually founded the entire model. But what was really missing was that that middle piece around the managed payfac or the payfac light solution. And so now what we really have that I think is really exciting and unique is this full spectrum of expertise of everywhere from ISV referral to managed payfac or payfac light 
to full wholesale payback. And so, you know, what we like to kind of joke internally or as we we're doing the diligence is we're really the only payments company a software company would ever need. But the reality is it's true. And so we really can enable that end-to-end journey to make it as painless as possible and also have the human capital expertise internally to almost serve basically as consultants to some of these payments companies and help them on that evolution, which I think is something that's truly unique and differentiated from you know, maybe some of the, the more modern neo players who, who are exclusively focused on things from the technology angle. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And it makes me think you mentioned something about a software company never having to leave FIS WorldPay. But can you talk to me a little bit about what kind of software company is really that sort of ideal candidate for software-led payments? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think the first thing to start off with is how large is that company? You have to be at a certain amount of scale to justify the investment, right? And so I would say typically these are software companies that are going to be doing more than, say, $10 million a year in volume that's flowing through their platform. And I think anybody who's kind of in that model can start really thinking about how do we monetize payments? When you start getting to the really high end of the market, call it $2 billion plus, I think then it makes a, a ton of sense for someone to start looking at that payment facilitator model. But really that $10 million to $2 billion neighborhood is going to be perfect perfect candidates for either ISV referral or that PayFAC light offering. So I would say that from a size standpoint or a, a company evolution standpoint, I'd say that's one key piece. I think the other key piece is what type of software is it? Because at the end of the day, you know, there's going to have to be a commerce flow or a payments flow associated with that software. And so you know, you're thinking things like ones that really touch payments or are at the heart of, of business management. So any sort of like business management software solution that's at the heart and soul of running a company that's really going to be that sweet spot as well, but truly kind of goes across the full spectrum. Plenty of software companies, I I would say, are in that ideal fit, but just have to be at a certain size and scale and be able to, in some regard, touch that commerce flow. Totally makes sense. You know, as we look at the market, like, can you tell me a little bit about how would you describe the market dynamics in this space and, and what differentiates the different players? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And and I mean, look, I work at WorldPay, so, you know, take my answers with a grain of salt, but I'll, I'll try to be as honest as I can. I think like the obvious one who's a pretty big player in this space is Stripe. And Stripe, to their credit, they can get you set up very quickly, can get you set up in minutes, some of the easiest integrations in the entire industry. And if you're a software company that's just getting started out and you need that speed to market, huge differentiator, right? And I think that you see them have a ton of success in call it software companies that are at that you know seed stage or maybe less than 10 million in volume they do very well there now if you're a software company that's been around for a little bit of time you already have a payments provider and so the difference between being set up in minutes versus days or a couple weeks isn't as important and you're trying to look for a new vendor that's where i think they have a tendency to lose some of those clients However, another point to their credit is I think where they've done really well also is with some of these super large, complex, multi-sided marketplaces where you know, they've built out quite a bit of technology behind the scenes that, that helps power the solutions for that industry. And so you know, within the marketplace segment, Stripe does incredibly well, Adyen does incredibly well. And just speaking from what we've heard from our clients, there do seem to be some pain points, though, in, in kind of that middle piece of the spectrum 
especially around you know payments economics and and kind of the rev shares that can be offered aren't necessarily as competitive as others in the in the market and then feature functionality customization that the software provider is really looking for as they move into that payfac light model seems to be a, a bit of a pain point so you do see a lot of folks in the market who kind of graduate out of Stripe at a, at a certain point in time. Now, if you take a look at Adyen, I mean, Adyen's bread and butter historically has been the mega end of the market. And this would be, you know, that enterprise space. And, and they built a lot of feature functionality that's allowed them to be successful there. And I think that where they've started to start to gain a bit of traction with their Adyen for platforms offering, and it's still early, right? I mean, I think they just launched its product within the last six months, is in that enterprise space of the market. And so that's where a lot of the tools and the feature functionality is being pushed more toward the partner themselves to be able to bring to bear. And so really serving kind of that upper end of the market, I think, is what they've done especially well at. But another one that's doing pretty well in marketplaces as well, wouldn't say that they have the same level of share that someone like Stripe has, but they've been fairly competitive there. I think that when you look at at kind of the rest of the market, what we've seen at least, and and part of what went into the acquisition of Payrix was there didn't seem to be anyone who was really serving that middle piece of the market. And that's a big piece of the market, you know, 10 million to 2 billion in volume. There's a lot of software companies that fall into that bucket. And, you know, what we've always thought of as a company is how can we take some of the tools that the big guys use, democratize those and and provide them for all and, and really bring those capabilities down market to enable some of those kind of software companies that that don't quite have the scale yet, maybe they have the product, but the scale isn't quite there, to be able to compete on an equal footing with some of the mega players in the industry. And so we almost kind of view ourselves as like the neutral infrastructure as a service player behind the scenes that's powering the technology, building the technology that allows these guys to compete with the largest players in the industry. You know, before we wrap, can you talk to me a little bit about opportunities in software-led embedded finance? Really, you're starting to hear embedded finance a lot now. And so we'd love to know really your thoughts on software-led embedded finance. Yeah, of course. I mean, it gets a lot of mindshare for good reason, right? Which is that, you know, I think it was McKinsey who took a look at the SMB market and share of wallet. And what they had determined was that Embedded payments or payments flows for an SMB, you're capturing about five-ish, maybe 10-ish percent share of wallet with that SMB. When you can actually get more into embedded finance, and when we say embedded finance, we're talking card issuing, banking as a service, like getting them set up with a bank account, you know, things like that, term loans, working capital loans, insurance products, stuff like that. That's when you unlock that other you know, 95, 90% share of wallet. And the great thing about this is that, you know, when you can deliver these products elegantly and seamlessly, everybody wins. At the end of the day, the SMB is looking for how can I run my business in the easiest, most efficient manner possible? Your software companies are looking to capture greater stickiness with those SMBs, deliver more value to them, be able to capture more share of wallet. And certainly the payments companies are in a similar boat where they want to be able to bring those products to the SMB as well for similar reasons to the software company. And so, you know, you hear a lot about embedded finance. I think that what it is right now in large part is it's a way for a lot of companies to maybe make a press release because, you know, you've got some large clients that are out there who may be able to do issuing products, but that's really the extent of it. And I think that for FIS, one of the things that I think is really interesting and gets me super excited to wake up every day is about how we democratize that. 
how do we bring card issuing, merchant cash advance, term lending in a sophisticated manner? How do we bring that down market and allow every software company in America, around the globe, to be able to provide these embedded finance products to their SMB base. And I think one of the interesting things that FIS has, when you look within our broader business, you know, we've basically, I mean, we've powered the top capital markets players, banking players in the entire world behind the scenes. You know, we know banking as a service. We know embedded finance. We have things like program management, where you know, basically you're, you're outsourcing some of the responsibility for administering some of these programs, we can bring that to our entire client base, right? And so for us, we see that as an opportunity to take embedded finance, which historically has only gone to the largest of the large, and really bring that down market. So when you couple all the things that we've done as a company that have en- enabled us to serve that 10 million to 2 billion segment, you know, the graduation path and stuff like that, there's also a product play there as well, which is you know, we're going to be able to bring these embedded finance tools and products to that mid-market segment, which is going to enable them to continue growing and be competitive in the space. So, I mean, we could do a full deep dive just on embedded finance and kind of where we're thinking about that. But, yeah, it's just a little bit of a teaser of at least why we find it so exciting. And it's going to be an interesting few years ahead to see how that plays out in the market as well. Well, I definitely think I'm going to take you up on a follow-up to talk embedded finance because I think that is more than than probably even one session with us. So, uh, you know, we're coming towards the end. Are, are there any final thoughts you'd like to leave with the audience? Not really. I mean, I think that if you're a, a company that's out there and, and you're you know, a software company that's thinking about, you know, what does your payments journey look like? I mean, give us a call. By all means, do your diligence and, and kind of check with, with all those providers out there. But I really do feel like it's something that you know, we've taken to heart is about how can we be that one company that you need that takes you from just starting up in your garage as a new software company to getting ready to IPO on the NASDAQ. We can handle it across the, the board. And I think there's nothing that would give us more pride than being able to work with clients on that journey, right? I mean, for your clients, you know, you're going to take a certain amount of pride knowing that you know, you were there helping them to grow from their infancy to some big IPO. And so as you're kind of thinking about your journey, give us a call. If nothing else, we're there to kind of talk you through the journey and hopefully help you make the best decision for your company. Sam, thank you so much. Really appreciate you being on the show today. You know, I've spent a lot of time with you personally over the past few months. And I know we're both big believers in sharing knowledge and experience. So truly appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, no, thanks. Really appreciate it and happy to join anytime. Thank you so much. We want to be that trusted resource for software providers who are out there trying to make sense of embedded payments, embedded finance, and embedded commerce, and to help them get the education they need to make the business decisions their customers and their investors will thank them for. Thank you for joining us today on the Payfac Embedded Payments Podcast, brought to you by Payrix. For more information about embedded payments, subscribe to our show at payrix.com slash podcasts. 